previously on we are more than the podcast when and i've heard a lot of your mixes almost all of your mixes on soundcloud um and because i'm a part of and the party girl brief fan sponsor. club i've heard some mixes that some premature mixes before they hit soundcloud which thank you so much i do appreciate it um i'm spoiled so those are things <laughs> that that i take advantage of um when you're doing your mixes and like you said you mix off of emotion when you're going is that just one take for each one of your your mixes i bet you i bet you you don't want to look out you know you're messing with the wrong ones now watch out keep talking i'm against them just keep running and running and running when you're going is that just one take for each one of your your mixes Sometimes it's two takes because I'll I'll record one and then I'll listen back to it and I'm already humming another song and I'm like, let me go back and change it. So it takes two takes for me to do my mixes. Okay. Because I'm adding more music to it. Or I'd be like, I need to add something more. Monophobia was my first um, take. That was the only um, mix that I did in my first take and I published. Okay. That was my emotions on that one. I was okay. deep emotions. Now, was monophobia the one that happened after the breakup? That actually happened during my during my relationship. It was my relationship was going downhill, and okay. I escaped to Savvy's house, and I was like crying, and he was like, "Go to the studio and and mix it out," because he was the main person that told me to mix from my emotions okay and so that's when monophobia was created okay and now, I was, oh, i'm sorry go ahead. go ahead my bad i didn't mean to cut you off you were saying that was, that's oh, when no, monophobia was, was created yes and it was i was unsure about posting it because i didn't want to be vulnerable into like People knowing like what's what was going on in my relationship. I had a social media relationship. Everybody thought we were happy, but you know mm -hmm. there was stuff in the that was in the background, like that was just happening. So I was very, I was didn't I didn't want to post it, but I still posted it because it was just letting people know like, hey, like not everything is sunshine over here, and if they're feeling if people are going through the same thing or something similar, they can at least relate to my mix. Okay. Okay. I got you. So savvy has been a big part of your growth. Yes. How tight are you all now still? Oh, we're extremely tight. We still talk on the phone and I tell whenever I get a gig, I tell him like savvy, I got a gig. And he was like, you're not surprised. He's like, are you surprised? I'm like, a little bit. He was like, stop that. <laughs> that's dope. That's dope that, that y'all are still close. Yeah, that's my best friend. That's that's like family to me. He, he gets all, he still teaches me from a distance. I still ask for lessons from him. So he'll record videos and send it to me to try new transitions. Cause you know, I'm still a year and a half in, oh, like no. I still got a lot more to learn. And I just asked him questions about different genres. And he was like, just go with your gut. Like, 
I'm I'm starting to touch like dubstep now, which I didn't know dubstep was still a thing until like two days ago. Bruh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let me get this right. Let me let me get this timeline right. You said you I've been DJing for a year and a half now. Okay. So three months into it, you got your first gig, your first 30 minute set by yourself. Yes. Okay. And then 15 months after that, you're opening bond and then now getting invited back to it. And you've been a part of one collective who had you trying to sell out in order to be able to market yourself. You meet DJ Savvy. He kind of started walking you through the process after making sure that this is something you really wanted to do. All of this happened in 18 months. Yes. What in the hell? <laughs> so when DJ Superman was telling me about you, which that was back in August, you were still fresh on the scene. Yes. Wait a minute. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Like, do you understand the kind of rare space that you're in where like you're you're having these opportunities to be able to do your thing? I I understand. I've just I'm just truly blessed to have these opportunities. I just I'm a I'm a person who loves music. I love I love 70s, I like 80s, I like 90s. I just love music. That's just me. And I like I like what music does to people. And okay. what kind of space that I can provide to them. Okay. Uh, I got to give y'all a quick story about Party Girl Brie. So she tells me last week that because we tried to do this last week and it, it just wouldn't work out. So she told me last week that she had some um what is it called? Um you you want what's the genre that they use? Uh Frankie Lyman and uh doo-wop. That she had that she had a bunch of doo-wop stuff that she was working with. Now this is just me. I'm thinking that she took some doo-wop songs and she put them like on some hip hop beats or, you know, even dubstep or whatever the case may be. I'm going to speak to your talent. Brie mixed doo-wop with doo-wop with some swing stuff or whatnot, all in one thing, not any, any updated beats or updated music or anything like that. I'm talking about she's mixing oldies before they were using um, computerized metronomes and those kind of things and timing these things out and, and doing these mixes. What in the hell compelled you to do something like that? Make that make sense. Robert. I, I, I just like the songs and like with me, it, for DJing like genres like that, and especially when music was like it was live, it's more of a challenge for me, and it helps me with my blending even more and make, making me to think outside of the box. That's why I like playing with those types of genres. Yeah, that's that's insane. That's absolutely insane because it to to a normal person it just doesn't make sense. Like, for instance, much like yourself, I'm an artist, too. My artist is the microphone. So, and I'm pretty, do you still use two turntables? 
Yes. Okay. Two turntables and the mic is an old term, but still. So if I'm having writer's block, what I'll do, if I'm writing an R&B song and I have writer's block, I'll go listen to System of a Down. Or I'll go listen to Beethoven or Bach. Or I'll go listen to Big and Rich Country. Whatever the case may be, I'm all over the place because what I'll do is by listening to something else that kind of pulls me out of that same rut that I'm trying to write to. And then I'll end up hearing like maybe the way that the rhythm of the hi-hats or some kind of weird rock and roll run that they used or the double foot pedals or just those guys playing the piano the way that they're doing. I'll hear those things and I'm like, well, I wonder if I can get in a run. What? And then I'll get back into the writing mood and just bring it back into it. So I, I shared that story to ask, are you at the point now where it's not like you're mixing a pop song with reggaeton or a pop song with uh Afro song with an R&B song? Or have you even tried that mashup yet? I already did it. Damn. It's on my SoundCloud. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right now I'm I'm messing with I'm messing with more of like the eighties, like well, messing with more with Grandmaster Flash because uh-huh. and what I do is like I like to dissect beats. So for um white lines, there's a part in the in white lines is very it sounds very good with um confusion uh-huh. by presentation. I don't know if I'm saying the title right. I you know song I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, ball of confusion. yeah. Ball yeah. Of confusion. yeah. <laughs> that beginning part is actually in. Yeah. It's in white lines. I, it oh, it sure as hell is. Yes. <laughs> it sure as hell is. Yes, and I was like, I was on the phone with Superman, and I was talking to Superman. I was like, man, I was like, Grandmaster Flash is crazy. I was like, because the white lines, he, you actually hear like the sniffing sound. And like when I was playing it for him so he could hear it, I caught the beat. And I was like, hold on, Superman. And I um, brought a ball of confusion, and all I did was slow the BPM down to uh, white lines and match it with ball of confusion, and it was the same exact. It was the same exact. That was an aha moment for me. That's insane. <laughs> that is insane. But I like I like when things like that come together. Like I've got this playlist where it's a bunch of samples. And like I listen to a lot of Kanye. I listen to a lot of No ID. I listen to a lot of RZA. So like all of these samples that they have, I'll go and find the original songs. And if it's uh like, it's insane. My Twisted Dark Fantasy the song Power has four different samples in that one song. So like I I found all the samples to that song. And while, while I'm just through it, I'm like, okay, this is this is crazy. Yeah. Because production has always been something I've been a fan of, but that I know that I, I didn't have the patience to do. So mm-hmm. you DJing is a form of being a producer also. Now, is that something that you're looking at kind of dabbling in as well? Oh, yes, of course. I'm actually in the works of doing it now. And so right now it's just 
I guess my I wanted to do more music festivals, but I wanted to kind of use my own beats for music festivals. And I know a lot of my artists, they ask me, they're like, hey, like, let us know when you start producing beats because I do a lot of mashups and I didn't even do mashups with my artists, like with my artists' vocals and putting it on mainstream songs. And they're like, wow, like what even made you think of that? And I was like, I just heard the beat in my head. Like, mm-hmm. so production is something that I am trying to get into. I just have to study it a little bit more. But I know that I will be sampling a lot of oldies. Okay. So let me Yeah. So, so let me pop my collar real quick. So to the artist that you've worked with, notice she said that she did mashups and put y'all's vocals on current songs where when she worked with me, she took their vocals and put them on my song. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm just I'm just putting that out there. Say what you said. Bet you don't want that. <laughs> when I y'all was thinking about Lucas, like um, it's like dun 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 dun. I was gonna be like, I got hoes. Let's <laughs> gonna match that up together. But I was trying to find the song. I was like, oh my gosh, come on. But I was like, no, no. I was like, that's not what he's trying to say. Because when my mixes, I tell stories. Okay. Messing with the wrong one too. I got hoes. Like, it was in my head, it'll be like way off. So that's why I was like, I was like, no, not that one. And I was like, this bitch got me. And I was like, okay, I'll do that one. I was like, I like that one way better. Okay. So, so you do tell stories in your mixes? Yes. So let me ask you this when you're mixing at a party, at a rave, at Bond, for the 20th time in a row because they can't stop booking you. I'm putting that out there already. So when you're doing these mixes, are you telling a story then too? It's mostly just the high energy and just reading the crowd for me. Like I just, I see how like a, how a rhythm is going or I find a muse in, in the crowd. Like I see one person that actually stands out to me and, I'll, and I just match their energy. So I'm not doing so much like storytelling, like how I do my uh, mixes on SoundCloud. It's like just mostly like just feeling their energy and just taking it in and just putting it through my music. Okay. Okay. So there's a, there's a couple methods behind the madness then when you're doing your thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what's your, what's your dream situation as it pertains to DJing? I want to do like like Coachella, like events mm. like that, like with a with like thousands of people and like we're all just vibing to the music. I think that's that's my biggest dream right now. And also have you ever heard of Carnival? Like the yeah, Caribbean? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always wanted to DJ on a truck <laughs> and mix while people dance. Like I, that is like another dream come true for me. Like if that ever happens for me, like I'll, I'll be so happy because I love soca music so much. Okay, I got you. So, what else outside of DJing have you been doing? As far as how, how have you been expanding your brand altogether? 
a lot of networking with people mm-hmm. and just working with them and understanding it like understanding how everything plays a role like especially like setting up that's why i'm thankful for like russell because russell is like he's the owner of like uh, solarist experience and rose weddings and he'll bring me to he'll bring me to each private events and i'll help him set up speakers because before I did not know which chord was what. I didn't even know what the next chord was. I was like, all I see is chords. But working with him, like he showed me like the layout, like behind the scenes of like how it'll be in a show. And especially lights. Oh my gosh. He showed me how to use the lights. Like I know how to set them up, but actually playing with lights while another DJ was performing, I was kind of dumbfounded until he was like, it's like DJing. And I was like, oh, okay. So I caught, I caught to it faster. But yeah, it was mostly like networking and just learning like the background of it. Okay. Okay. And so is Russell also a DJ as well? Yes. Okay. So you're, like you said, you're, you're with the collective of DJs. So you've got your, um, you've got your mentor and you got the group that you're with. Who's the dopest DJ in your group? Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be messy a little bit. Let's start some shit. I would say Russell and Angie Ray. Angie okay. Ray is another female DJ in our group. And she, her energy, like, because she does more of, like, the rave. She does bass house. And... Angie Ray, she, like, she knows how to move a crowd, like, with her mixes, and, like, like, she, she could feel the energy, too, like, me and her haven't had a deep conversation about, like, DJing and, like, what emotions come out of us, but me and her are similar, because we both do get nervous before our sets, and we kind of talk each other out of it, like, hey, you know, you're, you're good, like, you're, you don't have nothing to worry about, like, go up there and kill it, like, how you usually kill it. And those are kind of talks that me and her will have, and it actually pushes me. And then for her, it pushes her. So, but her, she got, she's she's really good. Like, like that's somebody I would love to pick their mind about, like the bass house and all the house music. Okay. So, have you and DJ Savvy done a show together? Yes, we okay. have. So my thirty minutes um sets. He brought me into the club because he was like, now let's do the ultimate test. He was like, I'm going to split my set so you can have your 30 minutes of shine. So you can actually see how to like read the crowd and read the energy. And I was like, okay. So he'll split his sets with me and then we'll go. Like, after that, we'll go on Twitch. And that's when we can really like open format. And me and him will like do that for at least like two hours. And we'll play a game called Follow the Leader. So it's either I can match his um, music choice or I can switch it up. So me okay. and Savvy do shows together, but I'm waiting for like for in the future for us to actually do just be him and I just doing a show. Okay. Okay. Have you pitched that to him already? Yes, he knows that. Okay. He's just really busy. He's in the he's doing the radio stations and he's booked at a lot of clubs right now. So I'm okay. gonna try to make my way to Jacksonville to see him. Okay. He's in Jacksonville, North Carolina? Yes. Okay. 
I got you. I got you. Again, shout out DJ Savvy. Um, I haven't heard the stuff yet, but you got a, he got a fan of me. Um, just kind of based on how one, and I know you've been going through this, this uh, arena having to prove yourself, but the fact that the moment that he knew you were serious about it, he really, really, really started started encouraging you. So much so that when you were in the funk, he said, hey, just go work it out. Go work it out. And just kind of continuing to encourage, continuing to, to teach. Because that's, a, that's one of the things that a lot of people forget as mentors is that you still have to teach, not just be there, but still teaching, um, intentionally yeah. teaching. So that's, that's dope. I'm glad y'all got that relationship. So I'm trying to figure out like, like what else, what's been the, um, what's, what do you feel like the challenge is going to be going forward? Going forward would be just bringing something new to the table. Honestly, just bringing something new and not repeating sets. I know that's like a big problem right now. Well, in the DJ world, like people. What do you mean repeating sets? Repeating sets, like having the same five songs that you had like every week playing and people predicting people already knowing what you're going to come play next that's the biggest challenge and with me i don't want to be seen as a predictable dj so that's why i stay continue practicing to like bring something new so people would think okay like she's playing this song i know automatically she's going to play that song because i heard another dj play it. so i like to surprise people I like to let people, I like to keep people on their toes. People repeat tracks or I guess repeat sets so, so often that there are a lot of DJs with the same set also. Similar sets. Yeah. Ew. Uh, (laughs) Like intentionally, or it's just one of those, like, it's just, it's just predictive. It's just predictive. Like, and it's also like a comfort thing. Cause they're like, okay, like if I play this high beat song, and I saw the same reaction if when another DJ did it, I'm going to do it too. So they'll try to repeat the same energy. Okay. And I guess just getting lazy instead of mixing. They're like, yeah. hey, if this song moved the crowd for you, this song will move the crowd for me. Yeah. And, okay. that's, and that's like the, especially working with like other DJs, like especially if you guys like, it's important when you're working with another DJ and you guys are doing like a set together, you guys don't play the same song. That's wow. why okay. they, that's why you continue to like listen to like, okay, they play this song, so automatically like I'm going to I'm not going to play that song again. And it's not even a reaction thing because I've seen it before where a DJ would play a song and then five minutes later, that same song gets back into the mix and people are looking like, we just heard this and you lose your crowd like that. So it's like important that you just continue to like listen and even like repeating like the same, like I said, like repeating the same set that you played like a week ago. Like you don't know who's in the audience and who who is actually like there 
So if they come back, was like, oh my gosh, like this DJ brought the experience. And then they hear the same set, they'd be like, okay, this DJ is doesn't know what genres to mix. Okay. So let me ask you this. Have you bombed yet? Hold up. What do you mean bomb? <laughs> you know exactly what the hell I mean, bomb. Have you have you been up there to do your thing and a bunch of people are looking at you like wallflowers, like, yeah, this ain't really working for me. I did. I I I'm, I I had it once. It was um, I was in a Latin club and I was like, I'm like, oh, we're high energy. Let me throw some Jersey Club, and it was hip hop Jersey Club. And they all looked at me like, what the <laughs> fuck? Okay, I got. I said, okay, I'm already in Jersey Club. Like, let me find something like that's Latin but still will match the beat. So that's when I went. To- Latin Jersey Club, and then that's when the energy got back up. And okay. I was like, okay. I was like, now I know, like, hip hop, not right now, or just not that genre in like hip hop. Like, the late 2000s and like some of the new songs for hip hop, like, I can get away with playing, but you know, like, if it's too, too different for people, then they're going to be like, like, okay, wait, what, what are we listening to? Okay. So where it's important to play what you're feeling, like when you're creating your own sets, how important Mm -hmm. is it to kind of get away from that to make sure that you're matching the energy of the crowd? Because to my understanding, I've heard of some DJs who are like, yo, I'm going to play the shit that I want to play. So how do you keep from falling? I will... Usually I will look like when I'm playing a song, I'm constantly looking at the crowd Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I'm seeing like, okay, like 10, like, let's just say it was 30 people. I'm like, okay, like 10 out of 30 people are dancing. Let me try to throw into another genre. It's like mostly just paying attention to your crowd. And if you play one genre too long, you could kind of lose them with that because we're hearing the same like beat. And for us, like, as DJs listening to other DJs, like, okay, like, this DJ is comfortable in this BPM. Like, is there, are they going to switch it up? Like, is there going to be something more to it? So it's mostly, like, just paying attention to crowds. And I like to look at my crowd. And when I know I got them, it's like, like when I see a bunch of dancing or I hear someone screaming. And I'm like, and I'm saying, like, they're screaming because they're actually hurt or they're just screaming because they're having a good time. But yeah, it's just mostly I pay attention to my crowd and I, yeah, pay attention to the crowd and seeing like the rhythm of how they're dancing because you don't want them to have a jerk reaction. And that's when like you clash beats and then they're like, they stop and they're like, okay, like they have to process in their mind, like what's, what's going on. Got you. I got you. Okay. So, uh, um, and, and we're getting ready to wrap up. Okay. what's the one thing if you knew of anyone that's looking at venturing into becoming a DJ give them something that is a high point and that you would strongly encourage them to do and give them something that may have been one of your low points that you would highly caution them against I would say if 
um, if they're starting out DJing, they need to understand like the genre. Don't be limited in a box. And that was something that I struggled to. Like they were trying to put me in a box. And as a DJ, you're supposed to be the overall party person. You're supposed to be the overall vibe. Like there's no like, oh, I'm just this specific DJs. Like that'd be cool for certain clubs, but to actually like to perform at different clubs and experience like different experiences, like you you have to like kind of conform into like the open format because that's more popular. And for the lowest the low point and i would say to be careful of who you have as your surroundings and know what your intentions are and that's what i struggle in the beginning because i was i had the right idea wanting to be the be the dj and just being in the scene but i just didn't really pay attention to a crowd that i kept and they were just trying to make me into a person I wasn't. And I wasn't really true to myself. I felt like I was someone else when I was first starting out. Message. Hey, I definitely appreciate you taking time out. I actually appreciate us being able to actually get through it this time because <laughs> uh, we know it's been trying. It has been trying. This has been attempt number three, but but we got here. So um, drop all your socials for everyone. Tell them where they can find you. Okay. So my Instagram is I am Party Girl Bree. Fire um, pictures, by the way. Bro, <laughs> man, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do some modeling, but mm-hmm. <laughs> that's much. But my TikTok is I am Party Girl Bree. Everything mm-hmm. is starting with I am Party Girl Bree. And that's B R E, y'all. Yeah. Not B R I, but B R E. Again, thank you. Uh, thank you for the advice that you left that you left everyone with. Um, and I'm I'm proud of you. I'm extremely proud of you because um, you've been blazing a trail um, uncommonly faster than a lot of people who have been in this industry for years and years and years. And that speaks to your work ethic because it was something that you set your sights on. You knew it was something that you you wanted to do and. Um, I know it's cliche to say that the sky is the limit, but you've already seen some high heights. So, you know, there's there's nowhere else to go but up. Um, yeah. We're going to try to do some things together. You and I, um, I'm, yeah, I'm putting that out together. there. Yeah, I'm just going ahead and put that out there. I, I like to align myself with people who are better than I am. Uh, Party Girl Bree is definitely better than I am. So what we're going to do is we're we're going to yeah. link. <laughs> You're a great singer. I can't sing for shit. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. <laughs> you got me beat on that one. I cannot sing or rap. Look, everybody plays their role when it comes to it. But, um, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of We Are More Than That Podcast. I bet you, I bet you, you don't want us. Look out. You're messing with the wrong ones. Now, watch out. Keep talking, I'm going to give you some. Just keep running and running and running and running. Hey, today is the best day of the week, man.
and don't start with the same song. Well, okay, thank you for being patient. I'm sorry to keep you waiting, but I needed a little heat and time to give you greatness. Uh -huh. Come on, let's get it shaking. Come on. They say I think that I'm never wrong. Maybe say they right. They say that they want to shine. I need to dim my life. They say, get what they time out. You know who they talking to. Stop playing with me and go find you something safe to do. Oh. Candyman told me to oh. tell you, keep my name out your mouth, and you gon' have to watch for the hook. Look at him shook. You may not like it, but you gon' love it. Mama told me I'm handsome. Give me a moment. It's about to get ugly. I bet you. Right now, you're in the mix with my homegirl, Party Girl Bree. <laughs> 